0: the end of the year club football has come to a close international football well and truly taking over I think a fair bit of my headspace at the moment outside of whether Potch is going to come back to Spurs um, like England squad announced today uh, and actually Mason Rubio's not in the England squad we talk a little bit in here Liz and I talk about uh, Mason was potential involvement in the Euros but obviously that's clearly not going to happen Rupert and I are going to do a separate podcast where we go over the England squad and potential lineups and all that sort of stuff Um, This is very much Man United centric, Um, decent year in the end for United, um, despite the Villarreal game um, Liz and I get into um, a whole host of stuff to do with the men's team and the women's team. Hope you enjoy. Director of programmes for Stonewall, chair of the East London branch of the Marcus Rashford fan club Liz Ward, welcome. (laughs) Hello. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? Very well, very, very well. We went for a drink last night and you were about to launch into this, I'm a United fan, but I feel sorry for Kevin De Bruyne. And I said, stop, save it, save it. This is the, this is the arena for your,
1: for your Kevin <laughs> De Bruyne spiel. So you know what? This was prompted by both a conversation with my mum, who's a Liverpool fan, and uh, Shura, the musician and fellow gold diggers player, who put a tweet out saying, it's really hard as a United fan, but I'm actually feeling really bad for KDB. And actually for me, I'd probably say for like, oh, I can't think I'm going to say this, but the whole of Man City. Um, I think they've had a stunning season. I think it's been amazing. I think Chelsea and parts have surprised themselves. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Um, and like KDB as a player is just, I've always loved him. I love him in internationals. I think he's been great at City, and to see him kind of not even hobble off, just go off with his head down, tears flowing, um, was really hard to see. Really, literally hard a, to
0: see. a broken face. Like he had a broken face.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like. I I also have a lot of love for Sterling. I think he's amazing. Um, but you could see it had rocked the team as soon as he'd come off. And I thought City actually had a really, really good game. I think that they did get out-thought by Thomas Tuchel, which is a real shame. Um, but, yeah, I, and, you know, maybe there was a part of KVB that was just like, I don't know if I'm going to be here again because, I, I mean... I'm jumping ahead a little bit now, but I don't know if City's going to have another season like that. Um, I don't think that team is the strongest team that they've had in the last few years. And if they weren't going to win it this year, I don't know if they'll win it again. So part of me is obviously like very happy to see uh, the worst side of Manchester um feel some pain. But on a human level, KDB, oh, gutted for him. Gutted for him. Yeah,
0: I know what you mean. There was a weird stretch... From like the middle to the end of the first half, where I was just kind of like, where where is he? Like, what? Why isn't he affecting the game? Like, he's good enough to do. Like, this is one of the best players, not the best player in the league, and he's playing against another English team. Like, why, why isn't he just dominating the ball? Yeah. And it just didn't. It didn't come. And then the, the obviously the challenge that he breaks his face. It was like, oh yeah, like that's a really not nice way to end the game. And there was actually there was like a, I don't know, like maybe like a five ten second stretch where it was like oh he's gonna get up and he's gonna be fine like i thought yeah. i just assumed oh he's just hit him and he's and then he just obviously wasn't fine and it was like oh, is it concussion yeah. no he's broken his face <laughs> yeah <laughs> not yeah. good not not good um yeah it's it's it's, it's uh it's weird seeing to be out of thought because I, I agree that's that's what it was just didn't have the answers yeah. for the,
1: the question just didn't, didn't at all. And I think some unlucky, like, misses or uh, not great finishes, I guess, from them as well, that they probably could have had a couple of goals in it that didn't go their way, but Chelsea just did well. Kai Havertz finally showed up, amazing. First goal in the Champions League, and it's the Unreal. flipping winner. Like,
0: did you see I mean, his interview? No, nah. no. His interview afterwards is like, uh, I think his name's Des Kelly. He's like, you know, just like the dross of, B- B- of TV presenters, BT Sport, he's yeah. awful. And he was like, you came here as, with a huge price tag, duh, duh, duh. and he was like, I don't really give a fuck about that. We just won the fucking Champions League. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. so funny. <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, you had your own major European final. United lost on penalties to, yeah. to Villarreal. What did you? What were, your, what were your feelings after that?
1: So I mean, to get to penalties and to get to 11-10 in penalties is is already a mistake for United here. Like Villarreal, come on! Like that should have been. I was probably thinking it was going to be like. 2-1, 2-0, maybe even 3-0. I thought we'd absolutely pace it like it's Villa Real. although I do love Alberto Moreno for all of the reasons. Um, but so so already the fact that we were pushed so hard was like really disappointing. Um gosh, you could tell that every single one of those players have been practicing pens in lockdown one. <laughs> like absolutely, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Um <laughs> there was a point where we were in the pub watching it and I think it was Fred had stepped up to take when I was like, oh God, not Fred. But it was amazing. Like every one of them absolutely smashed it in. Um, heart absolutely bleeds for David De Gea being the one to miss, although I mean, it kind of makes sense. I th- I think on De Gea as well. This um, I don't know. I love Henderson. I think he's a great keeper. I would love to see him more uh, starting out more for United for sure. Um, but yeah, heartbreaking, heartbreaking, and at the same time frustrated and a little bit angry that we couldn't have just sealed it in that first ninety minutes. It's um, for the like that's a real shame. Um, but yeah, but I think you know one of the really horrible sides of it and it is, God, I love football so much, but it is such a a kind of uh, downside to it is how much racist abuse a lot of the players got after the game, like especially the kind of more vocal ones like Rashford from our own fans, like that is, um, that's horrendous. Um, And, you know, even if we've been absolutely walloped 5-0, I wouldn't expect that from from your own fans, do you know what I mean? But yeah, it was, was it a good game? It was an all right game. It was all right. I enjoyed the penalties. I like the drama of the penalties, but we just came out the wrong side of it, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think just on on that point about the the racism, the fact that Rashford is getting it from his own fans as like, you know, like he is the club. Like anything that happens to the club, for the club, about the club, like it's going to, like he will be a major part of it. Yeah. And yeah, to, to to yeah, it's just horrendous. I've recorded a podcast with George um who was in the media team at Kick It Out. So that's gonna go up. I think it goes up this week, where we talk about like the fact that you can get banned from Twitter for posting copyrighted video, but you can just horrendously racially abuse players and it's just like, yeah, no, yeah, we can't yeah. we can't stop that. Yeah. Um, sure yeah, really bad. Really, really bad. The um the Rashford Greenwood uh Dan James I don't know who else we kind of I've kind of I've put Bruno in a separate category but that mm-hmm. like cohort yeah really feels like this you know they'll they'll be back I'm not worried about that that I mean it's probably not I shouldn't really put the, Dan James in that group Rashford and Greenwood will be back there they're both really 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 top players and they're going to be in more european finals
1: yeah 100% 100% and like Greenwood, I absolutely love as a player. Like, I think he should get more starts, actually, because he's often brought on quite late sometimes. And I would like him to see him start over Rashford sometimes, you know? Like, I think Mason Greenwood's wonderful and, yeah, is such a United player. And, yeah, exactly. They're going to be back in European finals, for sure.
0: Where does Oli sit where like, how how safe is his job how much of this season whether it was it was a, a successor or a failure is down is down to him
1: that's a great question I mean football's fickle these days right so like um part of me surprised that he's kept his job this long over the season and that we also finished where we finished um that said there's a long way off from United to City right like it wasn't a, a squeak at the end um and actually the the two, three, four positions were all pretty much jostling up until the last few weeks, last few weeks of the Premier. In terms of his job, I think I think there's there's been a lot good done at United this year. Like I feel like the the word to maybe describe the season would be like positive slow progress, right? And that's been the case over probably the last two to three years. But it's all just been a little bit better each year. It's got a little bit further, like almost, almost won it or almost like improved each year upon year, um, but he's at a crunch point now. Which is that if there's no silverware next year, if there's not a top one finish in the in the prem, then I think he will he will be out. I don't think he's the best manager in the league. Absolutely not. Like um, um, I think probably the job's like a little bit too big for him. But then also like I'm a United fan and like loved him as a player and love that he's part of the club. And so the almost like the the romance almost of like him being this incredible player to now lead us to maybe champions of europe or premier league title next year will be incredible like incredible to see it um but unfortunately i think if that doesn't happen next year it's all or all or nothing next year right if that doesn't happen if we finish the same finish top two then that'll be that'll be him out um which would be a shame Mm,
0: yeah i think Chelsea are going to be legit next year. City are obviously still going to be really good. Liverpool with everyone back, an unbelievable team. Like straight away the top four are like just out way, way. It's not like this year when you like you say, like I just don't. I hope they can do it, but I don't see Leicester competing with those four teams in the same way. I don't think Spurs are anywhere near that level. Um and yeah, it's going to come down to like who's the most consistent team? City had a stretch where they won every game in, well, they've won like 18 in a row or something stupid. Didn't lose for half a season basically. Mm. So if multiple teams can do that, then it's just going to be <laughs> going to be really, really, really tight. But I think that's fair, or Nolly.
1: I am very much of the mindset of like you have an amazing team. You don't need to buy that much more into it. Like let's focus on just making this team stronger rather than what I think United has done over the last few years, which is like buy a 100 million pound striker and then hope that the rest of the team can just kind of match up to it so uh, at the front like I don't I don't think we need to invest much at all we literally just bought Cavani's just like re-signed so I think that's fine um maybe some investment at the back I guess would be good to see I like there's a lot of chatter obviously about uh (laughs) signing Harry Kane for like 160 million or something ridiculous like that you could get two pretty solid uh defenders to to show up our back then. Pay out for another kind of number nine number 10 who's going to be challenging Bruno Fernandes in that position anyway like it doesn't make any sense and I hate that about football that that is probably a decision that either will get very far or will happen because of what Harry Kane will bring to the club outside of the actual winning games do you
0: know what I mean Luke Shaw is as good a left back as anyone like that's just he just is like I mean it's unfortunate I suppose that Chilwell's had an unbelievable run for Chelsea and like might literally come down to oh he just won the Champions League so he might start heavy for England but Shaw's phenomenal probably gets in team of the year Premier League team of the year um and then you've got wan on the other side like he just he just needs to play just needs to get minutes he's so so good defensively just needs time on the ball I suppose um and then yeah, there's always this like question mark. You know, like, it's like, oh, who's going to play with Maguire? And it's like yeah. sometimes it's Lindelof, sometimes it's Baye, Even like Van got some minutes this year. I, yeah, I, there's there's probably there's probably someone out there who can who can straight away come in and and make you better for next year. But yeah. I don't I don't think it's like uh, if K comes available and you can get him for not that much, then okay, yeah, you just sort of have, I don't think there's anyone like that as a, as a defender. Mm. Um, so we'll see. Was this season a success? Second in the league, Europa League final. Is this a successful season for Man United?
1: Yeah, I mean, un- undoubtedly it's a success. Also, unbeaten away, which is a ridiculous statistic that I still don't think is true, but obviously it <laughs> is. So I'm like, really? Because if I cast my mind back to about February, no, probably earlier than that, I was pretty cocky and confident thinking that we finished top two, but knew that was a bit of a ridiculous thing to say because the team that I was seeing (laughs) wasn't a top two team at all. Um, And so it feels like it's, I don't know, maybe it's a manifestation that I said that we'd finished top two, but (laughs) has it been a successful season. I mean, it's hard to say, right? I think Liverpool have um, been really unlucky with injury and so have been like this kind of shadow of themselves. So it's hard to really compare against a team like that. Obviously City have been so good. Chelsea have been a little bit patchy at, at points. And so I think other teams, for good reason, have been a bit patchy, whereas I think United have just been like uh, consistently okay. And that's actually ended up in a top two. Europa League final, that's really, really exciting. again, it, it um, feels like it is a more successful season than I probably would have said when there have been some games that have been incredibly frustrating to me. United fan watching and some performances um Rashford absolutely love him he's my favorite footballer as a footballer he's definitely not my favorite footballer like he's can be quite patchy at times and and yeah not not necessarily consistent but um I think it's been an okay season and that sounds weird to say it when Europa League final finishing in top two but actually there is a version of Manchester United that I know is just better than than what we've seen this year um, and hopefully we can bring it next year, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, I get that. I have thought back to the Man United-Spurs game where Martial got sent off and we somehow won 6-1 so many times. To think that that happened in this football season is just ludicrous. Yeah. Like, obviously Spurs were on this run and we were like, top of the league. <laughs> <Not> the <vampire. laughs> Like how is that? How is that this year? Um, and yeah, that 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 kind of yeah incremental progress and just chipping away at, at, um, at picking up points so impressive. The going unbeaten away from home is ludicrous. I get the whole like okay, there's no fans that has an impact. It's still you still have to travel, you still have to do all of that stuff. Like that is ridiculously impressive.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and. I mean, there's some, I think we'll look back at this season, right, the 2020-2021 season, and be like, oh, that was weird. Like, it feels it feels like it's been three years long for a start. Obviously, there's been, like, COVID in the middle of it. No fans, then some fans, then no fans, then some fans again for, like, the last game of the season. Um, and so that, it, it's just all been a little bit surreal, I would say, is probably the word. And then, like, Edison Cavani, like, turns up halfway through, yeah. which is like... <laughs> Fantastic, but also weird. <laughs> um and so yeah, so it's been a it's been a funny season for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um
0: are you I I don't know if well Maguire's got some sort of injury, doesn't he? Ligaments yeah. or something. Are you yeah. are you like ahead of the twenty sixteen Euros, that was probably the most excited I'd ever been to see Spurs players play for England because it was like Deli Alley and Kane and Dyer and Rose and and uh and Walker. Like, are you excited for like Shaw and Rashford and maybe Greenwood, maybe Maguire if he's fit? Like, are you excited to watch them for England?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I um, I've been on a whole journey with Harry Maguire. Where like when he came <laughs> to the Manchester United team, I was like, don't like him. <laughs> he shouldn't be captain. Slabhead, can go back to Leicester, <laughs> which is his nickname. I'm not just being mean. Um, <laughs> and, and, like, and then I don't know over the course of this season, like I've I've grown to quite quite enjoy him a little bit and quite love him. And I felt sorry for him in um, Gdansk. Gdansk, it was in the Gdansk, wasn't it? Yeah, I felt sorry for him there. having to watch his team, you know, put out like a frustrating performance and then go all the way to penalties. Like, that must be hard to watch the player. And I think he's been great. And I hope that this injury will solve for the Euros. I think, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be all right. Um, I, apparently he's been like, Bopping about the place, going to film premieres, so uh, he's uh, he's on his way to. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. What premieres is he going to? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he went to a film premiere, and they were like uh, a, a report was like, "Ollie, uh, we've we've seen recently that maguire has been going to film premieres. Do you think it would be a fit for the Europa League final?" And Ollie's like, "Well, you know, walking is very different to running, so we'll <laughs> be on the way soon." <laughs>
0: You can never know if a player can run, if they can walk Also, (laughs) so. So hopefully we'll be there. But um, yeah,
1: so excited. I I mean, I'm excited. Gosh, I do this every year, but I'm very excited for our England team. I think there are so many great players that play together regularly um, in club teams that will be coming together for this international team. And I I don't know what... The other, I've not really been keeping a close eye on um, other international teams lately. I'm guessing France will obviously be like um, really strong, Germany probably as well. But I'm really hopeful and I love the Euros. I love international football and um, there's some great players this year. And being able to, yeah, hopefully see Greenwood get a start, that'd be great. Obviously Rashford hopefully will turn up. <laughs> yeah. And um, and yeah, the point you made earlier about sure and chill well is a bit of a disappointing one because I love, Luke Shaw, and I think he really deserves that position in that team. But um, Chilwell's obviously obviously had a great few weeks, so mm. yeah. I think the the
0: I, I really hope Greenwood gets a chance as well. I think it's so rare to like you literally have a player who's two footed, like he's legitimately two footed, so you can play him anywhere, and he's just he's just happy going either way, and that's so exciting. And getting someone like that chances. Giving them, giving, them, giving them the chance to play at a major tournament is obviously going to be great. But Also, like, if we're serious about this group of England players like actually being a group of players who can compete over and over and over again, mm. the young players have to get big minutes. They just have yeah. to. Yeah. They just have to. Um, yeah. I am excited to see Bruno at the Euros. I think he's... I don't know. I get, I, this is obviously, like, I don't know I have any intel. It's just, like, watching Man United sometimes. I still get the sense that he's like, fuck all of you, I'm the best player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Definitely. F- like, De Bruyne, just fuck off. I'm better. Like, I don't know if that's <laughs> legit. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's true. But I think him with, with like, a maybe a good, a good Portugal team, depending on who's, who's, who's fit and who's playing and stuff. And I don't, I have no idea who's in their group. But like, I think this might be, yeah, maybe like an outside, an outside, uh, like player of the tournament. Yeah. Vibe from him. When we chatted earlier in the year, um we talked a bit more about uh United's women's team and Casey Stoney and stuff. And obviously oh. since then she's she said she's she's leaving. How how closely did you follow that? And like I don't know, where where does she where does she sit in terms of the United ether?
1: Yeah. I mean, so Casey Stoney is like an absolute legend of the game, and I think was when she joined United women's team, that was such an exciting moment for the club. And I feel like it was a moment that, um, yeah, changed how seriously United were maybe taken as a, as a women's football team. Um, and I think that her leaving felt like a shock at the time, definitely, like it was such a, a straight, I think we played a game the day before and then the next day, there was just a picture of Casey Stoney, message on Instagram, uh, United are, sorry to say that Casey Stoney was be leaving at the end of the season or whatever. And so that comes as a real shock. And then actually, when you go back and you you think about it, it's not a shock at all because the difficulties that I think are palpable in the club through the fans, mm-hmm. around the Glazers, around the boardroom issues, are obviously going to be times 10, 10, 10, when it comes to the women's game, right? They're going to feel sidelined. They're going to feel like the less important side of the the football club. They're not going to feel invested in, haven't been invested in. Um, And so I, I completely respect and understand their decision. I think it's really sad. And I think it's going to massively rock this United squad who, and this is a bigger, my bigger kind of criticism this year of the WSL is that, Wonderful that WSL suddenly found out what transfers were. That's fantastic, very exciting. (laughs) And like loans and all that kind of stuff and had this big flashy kind of injection from the NWSL of like lots of amazing players. Inevitably, they were all gonna go again. And I think United, when you take away, like Russo obviously got injured really early on, but when you take away Press um, and Heath, and now Casey Stoney, on top of that, you're just gonna end up with a much, much weaker team. Um I heard someone say that Casey Stoney might move to Arsenal, right? Which would be interesting, sure. Um that feels like a team that is far more looked after by the by their club than than others. Um but it's a real shame and, and she's a great player and she's been a great manager and great coat collection. <laughs> like um, it's <laughs> best been, dressed by yeah. far. Yeah, awesome. definitely, definitely. I mean, come on, in the WSL, like, no one touches Emma Hayes as, like, manager, the best manager ever. Like, I love her so much. Um, but it's uh, it's going to be a shame to lose uh, Casey Stoney from United. Mm.
0: I remember, I think I saw it on Twitter with Vlacker and I didn't realise it was, you know, that, you know, when it's a Daily Mail article, you don't realise it's a Daily Mail, Daily Mail article mm-hmm. and you click it and you're like, oh, fuck. And then it's like, as soon as, just as you get to see the headline, it's like, do you want a million cookies? I was like, <laughs> oh, no, I don't. And the headline was like, yeah, Casey Stoney quits United amidst uh, complaints around facilities or whatever. I yeah. can't remember exactly what it was, you know, in investment, that sort of thing. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it is, it must be disappointing. It must just be disappointing because, like you say, if you've got the chance to... If you that she obviously saw something to want her to go there, right? And mm. if she's been there and said, you know what, like this is actually not, it's not what it should be. We're not at the level that we are projecting that we say we are. The rest of the leagues, are kind of t- those the, the teams that have finished top three anyway, are the mm. teams who are like spending the money, special money in the same place. Like yeah. I get it. Like yeah, I'm going to the states where there's going to be an expansion. They're, is it? They're an expansion team, right? Yeah.
1: So there's
0: going to be obviously be like. Big money, but great facilities, great investment, and she probably wants the yeah. chance to like demonstrate that she's like a legit coach who yeah. can work with players and mold them in that sense. Yeah, the Americans are funny. It is funny that just like all of a sudden there are these players here, and now they're just gone, and they've just like dropped in, dropped out by. Oh
1: my god, it's so funny. So, oh, <laughs> so, um, Kristen Press, who is like. California like American player um I listened to a podcast with her recently um they were saying, they were saying uh, it was like the Manchester United podcast and I'm like so Kristen like what what have you brought to the team like what what are you bringing to this young fairly young Manchester United team and she's like I just tell the girls to like be their best selves whenever they're on the pitch, you know. <laughs> like that's what they have to do in the world. They have to manifest success. And she's like, there's a way <laughs> there's a way of talking in English football where teams are like, um, uh, we we got beat really badly. And she's like, and players will say like, we got beat badly. And I'll be like, let's reframe that to like, how could we win better? <laughs> and I'm just imagining players like Ella Toon or whatever, is like 21, like born and Fred Manchester being like, what is, go- what are you talking uh, about? <laughs> like, it's so funny. And then they've just come in and then they've gone again. Like, um, yeah. God, just imagine is- those, those dressing room chats which must just be so
0: weird. <laughs> yeah that is so funny are they like are they were they like it's so hard with covid isn't it because they might have in another year they might have been like you know culture vultures out all the time just like drinking in the drinking in the city um and i guess you haven't really got that
1: no and I, i do feel a bit sorry for them so i'm not exactly sure necessarily why they came to united in the first place i think the opportunity just came up and um they pretty much got here, I think, in the February, and then we were shut down by the March. So, yeah, they haven't really sampled uh, the delights of Manchester. Although they, both Kristen Press and Tobin Heath, actually love a good photo shoot in the Northern Quarter, the various coffee shops that exist in uh, in Manchester, mm. places I recognise well. <laughs> but um, it's nice that they've had that. Although talking of like hit, hitting the town or whatever, a couple of weekends ago it was the end of the WSL season, and. Every single WSL player that I follow on Instagram, I just gone out, just absolutely smashing it, going out <laughs> in Soho. Sam Kerr was doing Sam Kerr things, like <laughs> absolutely loving it. So I think some of them have been able to um throw themselves into British culture but I don't know about uh the American players are like a different brand of football completely 100% I did I went
0: on this uh thing with some of the Man City players so it was it was Sam Mewis, Esme Morgan and Caroline Weir and they did some stuff mm-hmm. with the coach stuff as well and Sam Mewis is just like she was just so funny and th- there was a question that was like what are you enjoying most about Manchester and she's like I haven't really had the chance to go anywhere. Like, it's always raining, so I can't really sit outside. (laughs) That must be so shit for you. That must be so shit. Um, uh, Yeah, and it was literally like, what what are you looking forward to? She was like, you know, just like going out and having some food. I was like, oh, my God, that's like the most basic part of being anywhere. And you can't even do that. Okay, we said we'd have a think about uh, a team of the year, a United Club team of the year. Now, I'll Mm. be honest, I've just done the Chelsea one. With Lauren, and it's star-studded. Obviously, <laughs> women's team won the league. Men's team won the Champions League. So there's some big, some big hitters in there. Um, but I still think this United team has has some players. Um, so we'll see how we get on. Do you want to go? Which one? Do you want Why don't you run through yours, your men's team, and then your women's team, and then we'll we'll do a combined one after that. Okay. Okay. So
1: I am uh, both in in my day job and in my uh, fantasy football life very much higher for potential like that's 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 my thing that is my thing I'm like if I see the bit of potential then you're on um so <laughs> I'm gonna start with Dean Hendo um love him really want to see more of him and then Maguire and we're talking about like who partners with Maguire I think 2 ZB's had a few like stormers like I think he's been great um so that's my back to, and then backed up by Aaron Mambasaka, when he turns up, he's amazing. Um, and Luke Shaw, who I just have so much love for. So, so much love for. Um, and then kind of just in front of them, I'm not sure I've got the right number of players, I've got uh Fred.
0: You said that you had Fred in front of your back four, and then maybe it was because yeah. you said you had Fred that the internet decided to, <laughs> <laughs> to glitch. Probably. Up.
1: <laughs> Probably. Um anyway, yeah. Fred. Yeah. Uh, and then in front of Fred, Fernandez and Pogba. Okay. James and Rashford and the Martial up top,
0: Hi. which would leave
1: McTominay and Lindelof on the bench. I didn't know where to put them, but I thought it was quite exciting. And then it brought me to this point of just, I think we need to sell Donny. Shit, <laughs> that's,
0: that's yeah. Nice <laughs> but. There's honestly, I think if you, if you took, if, if you went back to the year that Ajax knocked Real Madrid out of the Champions League final and then Spurs beat them, and he yeah. just played his career from that point until now, the vast majority of cases, he's like one of the best midfielders in the world. I think yeah. he's like going into the Euros, like with just like the Netherlands about to be ready to win the tournament, and he's going to be a big part of it. Because he was so good that season, and then yep. it's just for whatever reason, just hasn't happened. Yeah. So Donny's getting moved on. Wow. So okay, sorry. So you had McTominay and who was the other player you said? And
1: and Lindelof. And I think obviously I didn't fit Cavani in there, but uh, he'd go in there somewhere. But I didn't put him in. But okay. Anyway. Um okay. And then the women's team. Yeah so Mary Earps has been great I think in that I really mm-hmm. like her as well I think she's cool um back three of Turner and Turner and then um Thuristotir Thro, I can never say mm-hmm. her name um thing has been great and then just in front of them on Battier. I think it's been amazing um quite an attacking fullback um so yeah, play a little bit in front of them. And then in the middle, Lauren James, who I think is gonna go. <laughs> I think he's gonna leave United. Sorry, can we can't... pause
0: on that? Have you yeah. ever seen a like a transfer be leaked in that way?
1: I know. <laughs> Isn't that the maddest thing ever? It's so, it's so wild, but um I think there's validity to it. So I
0: that I when I first saw that it was be- Someone saw that you could get her name on a Chelsea shirt. Yeah. How is that, how is that, how we're finding and then out? And then they
1: tried to backtrack and they are like, oh no, uh, 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 no, we just did it wrong. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't know why that's... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, also, also, the relationship she has with her brother is just so sweet and so nice to see. And like, I'm all for like, siblings and family members that are, like, successful in both the men's and women's games. So, like, I'm pretty sure Gabby George is uh, Jesse Lingard's cousin. Um, and she's just come back to Everton this year after a long injury, which is great. Um, anyway, I'm pretty sure that's their cousins. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jackie Gurnan, uh, Lauren yeah. James and Leah Galton in the middle. Um and then just in front of them, Ella Toon, Katie Zellem, and then Jess Sigsworth up front because obviously Heath, Press, Rousseau are all going. Um, and actually so, they
0: begin, so they're leaving, but even for this year, they don't get in.
1: Oh well, I was kind of, I was thinking okay. looking forward, okay, I was okay, trying okay. to be realistic. It was but like they're
0: leaving the family, so they are they are done.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just quite burned by them because I was like, well, you just came to try Manchester. Manchester was too rainy for you and now you're going back off to Portland or wherever they're going back to. <laughs> um, although I imagine they'll probably go to um, the new Angel City team, right? That's where they're all going to be headed yeah. to.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but I, I just, mainly because I wanted to just talk about Jess Sigsworth. I think she's been so good lately and I think that she... Wasn't really getting the attention that she deserved because there was those big hitters up front, um, and I think she's been great, and I really like her, and I'm excited to see her next season. So, um, so yeah. Okay. How old is she? 26. Oh, really? oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think this United team also get looked over so much for um, the Lionesses squad, and you know that's a whole other conversation about the Lionesses squad in general. <laughs> <sighs> don't know why Millie Bright keeps getting in there but there she is I love that you hate Millie Bright I love <laughs> I hate it so much. I, I recently found out that she was northern and I was like okay now I like her now <laughs> but Alex Greenwood to not get in that team is just absolutely heartbreaking I think oh oh anyway that horrible GB kit uh yeah you yeah. do not want to wear it anyway <laughs> there's
0: um just if if you're If you're ever thinking, okay, I want to give Millie Bright a second chance. There's a clip of her when she goes back to her old school and she's playing football. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, really? Okay. She's like, (laughs) she's playing football with I don't know, like year four or year five or year six kids or something. And she's like organizing the team. And they're like, she's like, okay, who wants to play where? And they're basically like all wanna be midfielders and attackers. And she's like, Oh, that's fine, we'll just play a back three. That's my favorite formation. And that (laughs) did endear me to her a little bit. But I do, I I do like that. (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, cool. So should we try and do this combined team then?
1: Let's try and do it.
0: The way I did this with Lauren was like it can be your favourite players. That's okay. that's fine. Or we can do like who's had the most impressive seasons. Okay. So there's we can we can do both. But also you've brought in the element of like looking forward future. So there's there's that component as well, which, <laughs> which we can include. Keeper.
1: So, I mean, I deliberately didn't put David De Gea in here, but knowing that we've been unbeaten away, probably he's had quite a good season. But um, let's stick Dean Henderson in there. Okay. Um, Okay. And then at the back, we'll keep Maguire. Yeah. So I'd be keen to key Luke Shaw. Mm. And then maybe... I haven't seen much of Therese Dutier, but I think she's great and I would okay. maybe put in a Batier
0: so that's that's your back four
1: okay so looking at midfield Ooh, we'll play three in midfield who should we play Fernandez. yeah okay. Bruno's in Bruno's in Paul Poggs in I think we'll put in Lauren James
0: okay Lauren James this is oh god I love I love how attacking your teams are <laughs> So basically saying Pogba's your Pogba's your deepest midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> Love it.
1: And then let's put Ellatoon and Rashford. Yeah, Ellatoon and Rashford. Okay, Up front. Um you've got Greenwood, Cavani. Yeah.
0: There's the two that I'm looking at that have been good this year.
1: I think Cavani. Let's put Cavani up front. Okay. Yeah, if we're if we're gonna be going against what I can only imagine is an incredible Chelsea team, then we'll put Cavani on
0: run. Oh my God, I hadn't even thought of that. Maybe we do this as like a thought exercise where we play these teams against each other. And we, <laughs> we negotiate score lines based on, yeah. based on who these players are. Um, okay, so we're looking at a, a, a very, very attacking team, which I'm not against. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it does seem like Cavani's, obviously he's, Older, but he's he's still got it, isn't he? He's still
1: got it. Yeah, he really has. Got it. He really, really has. Yeah.
0: I'm thinking Lauren James. There's no like she's gonna have to. She's not gonna get. She's not starting straight away. is She. She's gonna be part of that. Part of the squad. Part of this collective. The family. Yeah. The Emma Hayes family. But she'll get a chance. That I mean, that look, career-wise, that's an unbelievable move, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know who's gonna. I don't know if there's going to be movement out out of Chelsea because um, their team is pretty strong, but I don't know. There are another team that didn't didn't really seem to buy into the whole like NWSL players that are going to come for half season then go right. Like they just built their team with players that are going to stay, um, and I love them. I love watching them. I think they're great. I felt um, really felt for them in their Champions League final.
0: Mm-hmm yeah brutal
1: I think brutal. when you
0: it's just to think that like it's so obviously harder like if you can get harder then you get harder and whatever the transfer was but like it's it's obviously helpful that her girlfriend's the Chelsea captain yeah <laughs> just come, come play for us we get to live together be together all the time we have a sick coach <laughs> we're going to be unbelievable she's like oh yeah okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and they're they're really great for like young kids growing up, like they're really they're really good at being role models and talking about the relationship, what it means for them to be gay. And I think that is so powerful in football. And like obviously like I'm working this quite a lot, but I would love to see more WSL players want to be those kind of role models. I think they've they've got it for the football, right? And they know that they're role models for the football, but So it's a big ask, isn't it? Asking people to step up and talk about their identities. But when players do it, it's so huge. So, so huge. And Penilla and Magda have just been amazing in doing that.
0: What did they do? They did something where they, didn't they like open their DMs or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, they do it quite regularly where they open their DMs and like, talk to young young people that want to get advice and and they also do quite a lot with the Chelsea Academy as well of being on hand mm. like they're so up for being on hand for young players that want to talk about what it means to be in a relationship what it means to be LGBT and um, the more of that the more you kind of create an environment where players can come out and players can talk about it Um I think in and this is going a bit off tangent now but I think in women's football there's been this um, the kind of the Casey Stoney-esque mentality, actually, which is that, yes, I'm a lesbian, and yes, I have a wife, and yes, I have two kids, but I'm also a footballer, and I just want to talk about football, and I've had to work hard to get here, and it hasn't held me back, so therefore, like, just, you just carry on, and you get your head down, and you play, um, which is a kind of, like, semi, like, meritocratic way of of doing it, of just being, like, no matter what it is, I'm just going to carry on. Um, which is a bit of the old school way of thinking, actually, and I think the more we we talk about how difficult it can be navigating your sexuality whilst playing football, um, the better the game will be, you know, um, and and in the men's on the men's side too. All
0: right, I think this is uh, yeah. If we
1: <laughs> if we do get round to the
0: negotiation final four, I suppose we could do this with Chelsea, Arsenal. City and United are probably the four teams to, to do it with. Yeah. So maybe we'll <laughs> we'll have you back on to argue with Lauren in the same <laughs> <garden>. time. Gladly, gladly. <laughs> uh, wicked. Thanks a lot, Liz.
1: Thank you, Josh.